0: Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this installment, our team discusses the importance of internal branding and communication in a crisis. So sit back and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract.
1: Hi and welcome into Solving for B with Brand Extract. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and today we're going to be talking about internal communications and internal branding and how crucial each of these elements are during times of change and crisis. And to help me break down this topic, I'm joined by brand strategist Elizabeth Tyndall.
2: Hey, Chris.
1: And president and CEO of Brand Extract, Bo Bodie.
0: Hello, Chris.
1: Thanks for chatting with us today, guys. Uh, so oftentimes when companies engage us for branding work, they're mostly concerned with their external brand and how their prospects and clients will interact with them. They don't always consider their internal brands and how their employees perceive them. Why is this a mistake?
2: Well, you know, first off, branding is all about, you know, promises you're making uh, to key stakeholders. And so if you're preaching one thing externally to the public and all your customers, but you haven't gotten your internal employees on the same page, it's hard for them to deliver on that promise um, and meet customer expectations, right? Right. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, um, on the flip side of that, too, it's it's aligning everybody on the same goals and priorities to help reach, you know, the goals set for the company.
1: Yeah, and so you know, what are some of the you know the and it's particularly in a situation like this, it seems like that is even more important and more crucial. Is that, I mean, is that an accurate depiction of of why an internal brand, you know, in times of crisis is, is even more paramount?
0: Yeah, I think the I think the big thing for, for all companies should be, you know, people need to be, they need to be informed. They need to be on the same page, to, to Elizabeth's point. You know, they're delivering a product based on the way you're promising. And if everybody doesn't understand what needs to happen, what's going on, why we do what we do, all those things, it just causes confusion. And that confusion can turn into mistrust, um, whether it be mistrust internally, you know, of the of the culture and the people, mistrusting leadership or mistrusting that their vision is right or mistrusting that things will work out or external mistrust. And you know, it could be the mistrust in the, you know, that the customer doesn't believe that they can still deliver or especially in situations like this, where if, you know, if, if we were experiencing panic every time we went and bought something from, you know, picked up food from somewhere, you know, you start to think, is it, is it safe? It it done the right way. Is it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there are all those little, those pieces that kind of go into it. And I think a lot of that comes from leadership, you know, leadership's communication, their skill, their ability to communicate, in a crisis, but also their ability to communicate clearly and effectively, you know, during regular time as well.
1: Yeah. You mentioned confusion. I think that not having your internal brand buttoned up, um, you know, that creates confusion, but then this massive, you know, uncertainty kind of just plops down on top of that. And that just exacerbates all the problems and really highlights Mm -hmm. the problems that are already existing, right? Um, so what are some of the benefits of having an internal brand, um, ready and buttoned up and, and, and kind of, uh, everybody on the same page, um, in a, in a time like this? I mean, we talked about some of the drawbacks, but what are some of the benefits of, of a a strong internal brand and a strong internal communications plan, um, in, in a time like, you know, a crisis time, like we're experiencing right now?
2: Well, I think if you've, if you've already been doing internal communications and you have that framework set, you know, you're already light years ahead of many. And so you have the structure in place to where you can, um, seamlessly continue to communicate, just pivoting, you know, the conversation on what to do now. Um, I think having an internal brand, you know, like I said before, having everybody aligned on the purpose of the company, the values, um, you know, the mission, why we do what we do and what the corporate strategy is, it allows you to, to already have that where everybody's rowing in the same direction so that when crisis does occur, you're not having to catch up and make sure everybody's on the same page. They're already in the boat. You might just need to course correct a little bit versus everybody figuring out how to get in the boat and row.
1: Yeah, I, I think works. I can speak from from our perspective, you know, from at Brand Extract here, it's like, you know, when all the when all this change just kind of happened, and it feels like it happened overnight. You know, it's like, hey, the office is going to be closed tomorrow. You know, don't come in. It wasn't. No one was standing around waiting for marching orders or understanding what we needed to get done. Like, you know, there the values are on our wall. Step up and own it. Do the right thing. Teach and lead. All these things um, kind of guide or helped us or helped you know, me personally um, understand what was expected of me, understand what was needed. So it wasn't like we had to reset and adjust too much. Obviously, our physical environment changed, and the way we were able to interact, we had to do that more digitally. But the mission, the goal, the values, the the vision for the company remained the same, and I think that, that was huge for us.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Elizabeth talking about the channels and having the system set up, as important because i think people if you've conditioned your team to know what to expect then they know where to look i mean i think that was a little bit of our challenge is we had multiple channels right we had email we had chat we had um hangouts we had you know we had some different things but really all it took was one or two quick emails or quick thoughts here's this is what we do here this is what we do there and it gets taken care of i mean the other side of it is you know this is a good time for us to sharpen internal communications i mean any company if it's in the midst of this you know they have to pay really close attention and if they're doing a good job then they're what they're doing is they're tightening up tightening up on their systems and processes not just panicking or shutting it down and and communicating as little as possible um because this is definitely time for over communication and i know that there are a lot of uh, some of our you know clients and former clients and i've talked to some colleagues you know there are a lot of people right now that are that feel like less is more um, and and that makes sense in, in a time of very big uncertainty. Um, the problem is if you take that approach, that leaves a lot to be desired and that leaves a lot to be imagined and people's imaginations as we know can go to really dark places um, without a little bit of support, um, especially in a dark or challenging time
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad you you mentioned it as a, as kind of you know an opportunity to brush up on on this kind of thing, or, or, or shore up your internal communications, um, because I think a lot of times people can look at crises and, and and rightfully so, you know, as as a negative situation and things like that. But there there's always an opportunity, or there's always a a positive that can come out of it. And one of the things can be is that if you don't have these things in place, if you don't have these channels in place as elizabeth mentioned yeah you might be starting a little further back but this is an opportunity to to kind of refocus on the importance of this sort of thing Mm -hmm. so um i think i think that's a good point um to to focus on um the positive or, or you know what you can do to to um enhance communication in this time.
2: right it's never too late to start
1: that's right it's always a good time right um so what are the what are the impacts or like the outcomes of of poor internal communication strategy, or you know in some instances no internal communication strategy what What are some of the things that can happen?
2: Well, I think it starts with what Bo just alluded to um you know there's uncertainty, and it's it's kind of like we say you know you can manage your brand or have your brand managed by the outside world i mean. The the employee base starts to manage what they think and, you know, ultimately, worst case, it can lead to um, attrition of people, you know, not feeling stable, not knowing what's going on, uh, making assumptions, you know, and ultimately, potentially looking for another job.
1: Yeah. And then there's, you know, of course there's lower productivity, like on a smaller scale, right? Like people Mm -hmm. don't know which way they should be rowing. So maybe there's wasted effort or maybe projects, you know, get pushed or slid or things fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And then what that does, I think, you know, to put it toward the the external side is like, if you're all rowing in different directions and things start slipping through the cracks, then maybe your customers start to see that and they start to feel that impact. And I think that, you know, obviously has an impact on business. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, I think the big
0: challenge there is, I mean, the worst thing in the world is fear. I mean, in general, I mean, there's, there's fight or flight, right? I mean, there's like, there's good fear. Like I am, this is a bad situation. I need to be careful. Um, And then there's the other 90%. Which is just fear of the unknown, paranoia. I mean, you know, fear of the unknown. And I think in the void of conversation, to Elizabeth's point, you don't own your band; you manage it. Um, if you're not managing it, people are going to manage it for you. <laughs> they're going to come up with they're going to come up with the story. They're going to fill the white space. Um, just listen to anybody talk. You know, it barely is there ever a quiet pause in a conversation because that white space is scary. And I think that, especially in situations like this, you know, if there's a gap, something's going to fill it. And I think that then turns into demotivation. I think yeah. it it can be a poor internal communication strategy, or poor internal communications, or lack of it um, can demotivate a team. And I think there there's a balance here. I think people do think about like these channels as motivation channels. You know, they think about internal communications is a way to motivate their team and quite honestly sometimes just information is motivational um, just using it to tell people what you're doing and what the expectations are and what's happening is way better than come on team we can do it um, and that sometimes for an Italian guy like me it's hard sometimes to not just want to use that channel is let's go let's go and the reality is you know what, people may not be ready to go or you may not have told them enough for them to be comfortable with going and that just stokes the fear. Yeah,
2: yeah I think it's critical to be genuine and as transparent as possible for the company
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, in terms yeah. of the communication.
1: Yeah, especially now. Yeah, and and so, you know, given the current climate <clears throat> switching gears a little bit here given the current climate um, you know there's a lot it seems like there's a lot of talk or there's even some momentum building on like mergers and acquisitions and companies kind of merging together and things like that. Um, what role does internal communications and branding play in an m and a strategy?
2: I think with m and a it's it's more critical than ever because on many different fronts, on one hand, um, you know you might have done a great job managing your brand both externally and internally. And the company you're merging with or acquiring may not as, have done as good of a job internally. And so, you know, you might end up with some big challenges integrating cultures as well as the brand, you know. Or perhaps they didn't they didn't deliver on the brand as well um, based on just misalignment between internal expectations of how to deliver on the promise versus what you're actually promising to your customer base. So there's that part of M&A. Um, as well as just in the midst of M and A, internal communication is <laughs> paramount of keeping both sides informed and providing as much guidance and information as possible.
0: Well, and sometimes that's a challenge because you know there's, you're still two different companies um, in the in the kind of fact finding due diligence phase, and if that if you're not aligned with your you know co-conspirator on the other side, you know, say the internal communications teams are misaligned, um, it can cause a lot of problems and a lot of slowdown in the actual integration when the two companies to do come together. And so um, we we just worked in a situation where one, one company bought another one company was very um, deliberate and active in their internal communications, um, separate quality it was a quantity it was a lot of quantity in internal communication um, the other company didn't even have it as a function and so when you put those two communi- communities together you know you've got that uh, what Elizabeth a little bit was alluding to is like missed completely misaligned expectations of man my CEO used to talk to me every day as opposed to my CEO never talks to me <laughs> and, and I mean in that channel, right? That CEO might walk the halls or talk to you in different ways, but if, if, in the absence of that communication, something comes up and it creates all kinds of friction and expectation misalignment at integration. Um, And so you just have to be very deliberate and smart about how you're gonna manage that and how you're gonna make the transition between the two different cultures and the two different styles.
1: Yeah. So are there, you know, Thinking about how the world is today, you know, and we're in the midst of, a, of a, a global pandemic. We're in the midst of a time of, you know, in my lifetime, at the very least, unprecedented change in the way that we're going to do business. Um, what are some of the challenges that are going to arise with or that have already arisen with internal communication and internal branding, um, you know, due, due to this specifically? Uh,
0: I, think, I think one big thing is technology. Um, there's a massive fear. I think there are two pieces. There's the technological part. You know, how do we share information securely? So there's a safety issue there. Um, and how do we make sure that you know we're not letting in viruses and all this other stuff? So there, there is a technical issue to this. And then there's the um, kind of an old school. Mentality of if we don't say anything, it's going to be okay because anything we do say is going to be used against us. So almost like a, a, a an old school kind of mentality of you know it's better to just be quiet than communicate. And yeah. I don't think that works today anymore. I think you know we were I was just on a call this morning. We were doing a workshop with a bunch of people, and um, one of the things that that happened with that was. Um, one of the questions or one of the things we've noticed was that on LinkedIn, people are sharing the letters from their CEOs. Um, so the CEOs are sending out emails or letters saying, here's what's going on with the business. Here's what's happening. And those things are being screen capped and shared. And most of them are well-written, well-articulated, you know, and when the CEO and the company are trusted, you know, they are well-shared into these social channels. When they're abrupt, too verbose, um, disingenuous or or even tone deaf to the current environment, they're shared in a negative way on different channels because nobody wants that attached to them. And I think, I think you do have to assume that your information is going to be shared externally. Um, but, you know, if you take that old world, old school mentality of, well, let's just not share anything then. Um, you're actually missing out on a lot of opportunities to motivate and reduce the fear we talked about uh, about earlier, and maybe even to build a better brand um, with that information.
1: Yeah, yeah. Social media did away with the whole, you know, um, you know, I can put my head in the sand and not worry about it, right? There's, there's conversations happening about you, around you, and in this case, as you're pointing out, Bo, you know, those internal conversations that, you know, 20 years ago would have been remain internal. Um, they're there for the world to see. So it's important to have your internal brand and your internal communication, um, align with what you're portraying externally. Right.
0: Yep. And I think, I think yep, beware the adjectives, uh, especially in a time like this. Um, I, I want to start a Facebook challenge. I think I'm going to do it today. It's basically <laughs> put your opinion out there with no adjectives, you know, mm-hmm. and, and don't just state, state what you should do. Right. I want to wear a face mask. I do not believe I need to wear a face mask. If you take the adjectives out of it, it makes it a different thing. And I think that leaders need to be aware of that, you know, when they're communicating about certain situations like this, because you're not really sure how the receiver is going to take it. You know, if you've got a culture like we have that we've talked a lot, we've got a shared language, it's, it's a handful of people, you know, it's a little easier to use those adjectives in a way that people kind of understand them, but it's better to be less, you know, less is more. When I say that less words, more impact, more details, um, are more critical in a time like this. But, you know, those adjectives, they get in the way sometimes when you, when you add the, a little bit of, you know, really, or no way, you know, I mean, you add those things and, it just really changes the way that something needs to be read by someone that's afraid or concerned or needs needs information.
1: Yeah, it distracts from the message, I guess. I mean, because right. people get so consumed with that. Now it's now it's about my opinion. How do I feel about yeah, 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 this yeah. adjective or this you know pr- perspective? And it, it's yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Well,
0: if you think of internal communications and at the state level, you know, you've got. You just had a really recent thing where somebody mandated something and another person said, it, "It it's recommended that you do this, but you don't have to. Well, for most of us Americans who are all pretty, you know, individual, I might say individual, we're group minded, but very focused on our freedom. You know, some are going to react to the other, the more open way of doing it and, and do it. Because they know it's right for everybody else, um, but when they're told what to do, <laughs> it becomes an issue. And yeah. so, how do you manage those? How do you manage those stories internally and externally? Um, and understanding your audience, I think, is a big key of that too.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this has been great. I, I, I want to kind of let you guys out of here on on one more final um, question. Um, so, what tips do you guys have for um, for people who are looking to to you know? Update their internal communications or update their internal brand right now. Um, you know, or somebody maybe who doesn't even know where to start. What would you, what would you do, or excuse me, what would you recommend for those folks who are you know, embarking on this journey?
2: Well, I think you know, um, genuine, honest communication is key. Um, being as transparent as possible, being factual, and not trying to. I mean, because you know in a in a lot of instances, you may not have all the answers and you don't want to go off half cocked necessarily trying to provide more information so there's a balance. It's finding the right balance between providing factual information but not over promising on something that may or may not prove out to be correct. right.
1: being realistic with, yeah. with what you're communicating. Yeah yeah, yeah. Elizabeth just uh,
0: that's the let's just knows that my biggest flaw. <laughs> sometimes I use more words and more words and more words because I want people to understand better. And the reality is all those additional words don't matter. You know, people, and especially in situations like this need, need honest, um, I wouldn't say emotional, but um, appropriate emotion and facts and the details, right? They want to know you care, but they don't, they need to know the facts. They don't need to know how you feel about it and how everybody feels about it. And I think that that being clear and having a clear understanding of the message you want to convey and the points you want to make um, are critical More now more than ever. Um, and then understanding the channels, understanding how people receive information and where they best receive it, um, you know, if, if email don't get opened, then maybe it's chat. If chat doesn't mm-hmm. work, then maybe it's text. You know, if this wonderful thing we've got now with Zoom and and GoToMeeting and all these different things, Google Hang, you know, Hangouts or whatever they're called now. Um, you know, we've, we've got different ways to share information and being deliberate about picking which media works for what you're trying to share I think is important as well. Mm-hmm. And so as people are putting those things together, I think keeping that in mind would be key.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. I think this is a really insightful episode. So thanks a lot um, and stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Awesome, Thank Chris. You thanks, thanks man. Thanks, Bye. That's it for this episode
0: of Solving for B. If you found it insightful, Check out BrandExtract.com for more content from our experts about a variety of branding topics. Thanks again for tuning in to Solving for B with BrandExtract.